Welcome to Keeping Score. I'm Rick Haro. Each week we bring you insights from the playmakers, dealmakers, and rule makers in the world of sports. I'll give you my take on some of the items of the week using my 30 years of experience doing deals for teams, leagues, and players. Plus, we'll talk with a central figure in the sports world. The views expressed in this podcast are my own and do not represent the views of Reuters. Let's get started. Sports Professor Riccardo, and we are keeping score. Big time events all over the landscape. End of November, whatever the holiday is, philanthropy takes center stage, along with deal making. So let's talk about the deals three to one. First, LPGA's 2020 schedule features record prize money. They released the schedule of 33 events and 75.1 million in prize money, more than 500 hours of global television coverage, at least seven events on network TV. Most significant purse jump, by the way, the KPMG Women's PGA Championship grew from 4.3 million up 450,000 from 2019. The tour also added two new Florida events, one in Bel Air and one in Boca Raton, the Game Bridge LPGA at Boca Rio. Nearly half of the 33 tournaments have prize money of at least two million bucks. The five majors, an average purse of 4.26 million. Heading into last week's CME Group Tour Championship, LPGA telecast averaging about 150,000 viewers, but over seven telecasts on NBC alone, the tour is up a respectable 7% year over year. And that's number three. Number two, millions of Americans are counting on Airbnb for the holiday season, but so is the IOC. The International Olympic Committee booked a reported $500 million nine-year five-game partnership with Airbnb designed to create a new standard for hosting that'll be a win for host cities, a win for spectators and fans, and a win for athletes. According to SportsPro, the agreement includes accommodation provisions that'll reduce costs for Olympic Games organizers and stakeholders, decrease the need for construction of new accommodation infrastructure for the Olympics Games period, and generate direct revenue for local hosts and communities. The IOC and Airbnb will launch Airbnb Olympian experiences to provide direct earning opportunities for athletes in addition to making at least $28 million worth of Airbnb accommodations available over the course of the partnership to athletes competing at the Olympics and Paralympic Games for competition and training-related travel. The Olympian experiences also encourages current and former Olympic athletes to sell personal experiences and access to their training regimes to fans by Airbnb, establishing a new revenue stream for them. And that is a very, very creative number two. Number one, the top 100 most valuable U.S. brands are worth a total of $3.81 trillion more than the GDP of Germany, according to WPP and Cantor's 2020 Brand Z ranking. Among the fastest risers, Instagram, get this number, $28.8 billion dollars growing 98% in brand value, followed by Pinterest, Salesforce, Chipotle, and Cisco. U.S. leads all other markets on innovation, 36% of all U.S. brands ranking highly in this measure. The most innovative brand, Uber, followed by Amazon, Netflix, Disney, and FedEx. And according to consumers, Uber, FedEx, Pampers, UPS, and Amazon provide the best customer experience. Bottom line is the industry is strong 
and growing. According to data-related analysis, total brand spend on U.S. sports sponsorships grew 5.4% year-over-year to $15.5 billion in 2020, representing an increase over the previous year's growth of 3.5%. And that's number one. And when you think of brands and how far they've gone, we will continue with other brand managers and brand executives to talk about why they get involved in the sports. No one better than Julie Edelman, a global client partner in the global client and agency solutions team at Google. Aims to accelerate brands growth by using a one-stop digital shop for marketing agencies, delivering unprecedented online branding solutions to help marketers tame the web and in this role, she leads the relationships with the top global advertisers, including P&G, GM, Ford, Coke, McDonald's. She came to Google from P&G. She's a marketing director of North America Brand Operations, overseeing the marketing operations of the company's $35 million brand portfolio. She obviously knows with which she speaks and gives us some rare perspective on the global nature of the sports business. I give you Julie Edelman. The merger of new media, old media, client activation, metrics, can't do any better than having the guest we have today, Judy Edelman, the global client partner, uh, a global client partner in the client agency solutions team at Google, heading a number of teams as the one-stop shop for marketers and agencies, a number of different advertisers that she has relationships with, P&G, GM, Ford, Coke, McDonald's, a whole bunch of them that she has an incredibly diverse portfolio to deal with sports and entertainment and global media. Nobody better. Julie, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you for this. First, let's talk a little bit about your job and what you do on a day-to-day basis. Obviously, there is a $35 billion or so brand portfolio that you have the responsibility for being involved in and overseeing the marketing operations for the company. Tell us more about that. Actually, that was the last job that I had at P&G. So um, I yep. left P&G about five years ago, and I've uh, been at Google for five years as one of the global client partners. Um, the job that I had previous to that, I was leading marketing operations across North America for P&G. So uh, I made the transition about five years ago, and one of my clients is now Procter & Gamble. And I also work with other amazing, iconic brands and companies like uh, Coke, McDonald's, GM, Ford, and Fiat Chrysler. And what we do is to work with their teams around the world to um, determine how they can best use Google's products or Google's combinations of products to better uh, meet their customer business objectives. So we have things like you probably know Google Search, obviously. We've got YouTube. We've got Google Marketing Platform and then other products that – maybe people don't think of like Google Maps and ways that we combine together to help them meet their business objectives. A really important entrepreneurial strategic perspective and a good save. You know, the working with P&G, by the way, and their brand portfolio is great. Little older uh, 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 description for me, but obviously use that experience with your Google portfolio now and it's all better for it. Talk a little bit about the 2000 a Women in Sports Summit. It was in Newport Beach. You spoke about global sports mentoring around the world, and you also serve as a mentor for the ESPNW Global Sports Mentoring Program. 
Talk about the program and why you think it's so important. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things that I do. So the Global Sports Mentoring Program was founded by uh, then Secretary of State Hillary Clinton and ESPN. And what it does is provide opportunities for women around the world uh, from countries outside of the U.S. to spend time here in the United States learning from a variety of people. They learn from the State Department. They learn from Fortune 500 companies, organizations like the NCAA, the Women's Tennis Association, et cetera. Uh, This is the eighth year of the program, so there's been almost 150 women who have participated in this program over the last eight years. And each of the women has either some sort of nonprofit that they lead in their home country or a project that they're working on that either involves girls or women in sports. They apply for the program through their consulate. uh, It's a very competitive program. They're selected, and then they come to the U.S. for five weeks. They start with an immersion program in Washington, D.C., just to better understand what the U.S. is about, being trained on how they're going to develop action plans, and then they bond with their other sisters. So they're called Global Sports Mentoring Program Sisters or Delegates, and there's between 15 and 20 each year. The delegates, after they are in D.C. for about a week, they then spend three weeks uh, with the companies that are sponsoring them. So the really cool thing in my case is that it's a combination of both Google P&Gers and former P&Gers who teach them some really important foundations for their nonprofits like brand building, digital marketing, and strategic planning. Um, and we've participated in the program from the very beginning. So we actually have 11 delegates because each of the last three years we've actually had two delegates, um, and they've they've literally become part of our part of our family, part of the, my own family, and part of the P&G family and Google family. After they spend time with their sponsoring organizations, so Google and P&G for my example, they then go back to the, uh, Washington, D.C., they present their action plans to the State Department, and then they return back to their home country, you know, in a much better prepared way to be able to implement their action plans um, and be able to work with uh, associations and companies and universities in their home countries to be able to bring those action plans to life. Your world centers around uh, not only brand equity, but empowerment and and accountability as well. Obviously, creativity in and around sports. Uh, Last week, Gina Davis was honored at the Academy of Motion Picture and Arts and Sciences Governor's Award for her work in advancing gender inequality uh, in movies in front of and behind the camera. You've been working on representing your client brands in marketing campaigns and making sure that there is equity and equality there, ads, uh, women's roles, etc. How do you see that playing as important in the sports and entertainment world, and where do you see it going? Yeah, I Gina Davis is literally one of my heroes. I've been really inspired by her work over the last 15 years with the Gina Davis Institute. And What I would say is um, at Google right now, we're doing some really cool work with the Gina Davis Institute. We've actually been working with her for the last five years, and we are really committed using data and using tools uh, to helping our clients understand how they can really represent their consumers and their users uh, in a much more fair and equitable basis in their own advertising, which is really important. Um, You know, people are exposed to so much advertising on a daily basis. 
they need to be able to see themselves in advertising to feel like they can make it make it in the world. Um, actually, one of the things that we uh, just released last week was um, a study that Google did with the Gina Davis Institute with YouTube specifically. YouTube is the largest digital video platform by far in the world, and we actually analyzed almost 3 million YouTube videos, um, which crazily accounted for 550 billion views. There's a lot of people watching a lot, a lot of YouTube. And what we were trying to do was to use machine learning to really um, understand the gender of the characters that was in each one of the video frames to measure representation and then better understand um, what was being represented in those YouTube videos. And what we found very importantly is that there is a gap in screen time between male and female characters, but people are actually more likely to stay engaged and watch video ads that feature um, females as much as they feature male. So this is something that's really important to talk to marketers about, whether it's with sports or with entertainment or movies or whatever the product is that they're trying to sell, to make sure that gender is equally represented in their creative. So we're really excited um, about some of that work. Uh, the Association of National Advertisers, or ANA, which is the biggest uh, advertising association in the United States, has an initiative that's called See Her, and it's really all about getting women in front of the camera and being represented. So Google uh, is a partner there along with many of my clients and many other industry leaders to make sure that women are represented in movies, in entertainment, and very importantly in advertising content. Um, because I definitely am, believe that you got to see it, uh, you got to see it to be it, um, and we need to be able to have that not only in advertising, but in um, sports, uh, all aspects of sports. So in um, the management of sports associations, of sports teams, and female coaches, um, and very important in athletic directors in, uh, in the NCAA. Well, all of that is really, really important, obviously. When you talk about advertising, a part of it is traditional OTT, but in a large part, we're talking about digital the campaigns that you've probably been around because of the Google Solutions team's blue chip client list, Super Bowl, All-Star, FIFA Women's World Cups, big campaigns. What, what are ones that stand out to you as, as good examples of, of the uh, uh, key digital media games across? Yeah, well, I'm very, very biased. I spent uh, almost 20 years at P&G. So as a former P&G, I really love the work that Secret Deodorant did. Um, very recently with the U.S. Women's National Team and the World Cup. So what they did was basically make a donation of, I think it was like $529,000 to equivalize the pay for the women being the champion of the World Cups to the men's team. And then they creatively used that throughout all different aspects of their social media with influencers, and then they also took a full page out uh, in the New York Times to really create buzz around that campaign. So the impressions that they got and the payout that they got from that campaign, and it has, actually has led to higher sales, is an example where um, I think you can be really creative in what the core of your idea is, the core of the campaign execution, and then be able to activate it um, really throughout all channels, and it doesn't necessarily 
uh, need to be, you know, a World Cup advertisement or a Super Bowl commercial. It's going to reach a lot of people and open a lot of minds and hearts. Well, and then finally, I guess, as far as creativity is concerned, um, Olympic campaigns for Tokyo, uh, eSports, you know, so popular Saturday Night Live just did a, a parody in Europe that uh, should be in the forefront of the whole eSports world. Well, what's the next big thing for you uh, that we can kind of look forward to as far as Google stepping into something that's ahead of the pack? Well, what I would say is obviously the Olympics um, is the biggest event globally in 2020. And um, Google across the board and YouTube is really excited to be able to partner with uh, many of our advertisers to be able to capitalize on all of the Google searches and all of the YouTube searches um, that will be happening because of the Tokyo Olympics. So two of my biggest clients, P&G and Coca-Cola, are major Olympics partners. So we are working very collaboratively and very in-depth with them right now to really understand what they what they should be doing, look at consumer insights based on data, and then also thinking about new and different technology that we will be able to use um, on the ground in Tokyo, which is a very forward-leaning market in terms of technology, um, but then also being able to beam that around the world uh, with our, you know, really high-reaching uh, YouTube audience that we have. So we're extremely excited about that and we're literally working on that this week. You want retail, you want uh, uh, top-of-the-line uh, media relationships, you want uh, cutting-edge entrepreneurialism in this new space. Julia Edelman is the person for you. Rick Harrell, sports professor, speak with you in a few minutes. Interesting perspective from Julie talking about branding and creativity across the board. Let's get to our top tech stories of the week, our Sports Tech Minute. $50 million soccer fund been put aside by the U.S. for the 2026 World Cup. Part owner of the Philadelphia Union, Richie Graham, leading a $50 million investment in the sport. Graham and a team of former executives from Adidas, AG, ESPN, U.S. Soccer, and soccer-focused digital media company Copa90 have established for, so for Soccer Ventures a $50 million investment fund focusing on growing the game in North America. The ultimate goal is to create a one-stop platform where those invested in U.S. soccer, kids, parents, casual fans, and pro players and coaches can reach the sport and its culture. Graham said the world's most popular sport is benefiting in the U.S. from a rising Hispanic population and a tech-savvy millennial and Gen Z fan base. The venture will comprise two principal components, the Soccer Collective, a multimedia content producer aimed at promoting the culture of American soccer, and the Soccer Alliance, met to build on Graham's existing holdings through a network of clubs, leagues, and tournaments. Four soccer ventures will be part of a larger initiative to spur further interest in soccer across the U.S., while a number of marquee international teams featuring such icons as Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Neymar also staging exhibitions in the U.S., for the same reason. Really important from a technical perspective to grow the sport and providing money for women's soccer as well. And that's your Tech Minute. I'm Mitch Reams from the Esports Network, and this is the Esports Minute of Keeping Score with Rick Coro. The biggest ongoing story in esports is the fracturing of the Twitch monopoly for gaming streamers. The Amazon-owned company has been the home of professional esports and amateur gamers alike for nearly a decade. But recently, other tech giants have started taking key streamers from the platform. 
In the last few months, Microsoft's Mixer has signed exclusive deals with two of the five most watched streamers on Twitch. That included Ninja, who's the most famous gamer in the Western world. YouTube and Facebook Gaming have also signed major streamers to new deals in the past few weeks. Twitch is currently valued at just over $3.75 billion, but the company is going through its first period of true competition since the Amazon acquisition back in 2014. That acquisition was for just under $1 billion, so it'll be interesting to see how this newfound competition impacts the platform going forward. Finally, Thanksgiving time in the U.S., all across the globe, philanthropy up 12% internationally. Time for the power of sports minute. According to WSA 9, Capitals hockey players, including T.J. Oshie, Alex Ovechkin, Tom Wilson, and Evgeny Kuznetsov are sporting mustaches as part of Movember, a challenge designed to spread awareness for men's health. Participants start the month of November with a clean-shaven face and spend the remainder of the month committed to growing a stash. Supporters called Mobros and Mosistas get friends and family to donate to their efforts along the way. Challenge created by Movember Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit created by Australian friends Travis Garone and Luke Slattery in 2003. The two friends wanted to promote men's health initiatives that they felt were underrepresented, such as prostate and testicular cancer and mental health and suicide prevention. November is also Hockey Fights Cancer Month, where the NHL provides each team in the league with a $10,000 charitable grant, then donated to a cancer organization of the team's choice. Last year, Monumental Sports and the Caps raised $131,000 for four cancer-related charities from their Hockey Fights Cancer's efforts, Flashes of Hope, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, Make-A-Wish Mid-Atlantic, and the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. Good for them, and that's our Power of Sports Minute. Well, that's it for Keep You Score this week, reflecting on a busy sports season and an attempt to be philanthropic. We'll fill in more blanks as the holidays get closer in other contexts. The sports professor, Rick Haro, see you next time. Have a great holiday and continue to keep score. Thanks for listening to this edition of Keeping Score. Assistance provided by Carlos Waddick, Tanner Simpkins, Reuters Digital. I'm Rick Haro. Thanks again for listening. See you next time on Keeping Score.